This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, a weekly show that brings you the latest news, views and opinions from every corner of the EV industry. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel, so whether it be cars, bikes, boats or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. This week, we're joined by one half of Nissan Formula E team's driver lineup, Sasha Fenestras. This year, Sasha secured one pole position and two fourth place finishes in his debut season in Formula E, but despite some impressive performances, he admits that he still has a lot to learn. In this interview, Sasha reflects on the season as a whole and gives us an insight into his relationship with teammate Norman Natto, as well as explaining what it's like to be behind the wheel of a Formula E car. Sasha, thanks for talking to us today and welcome to the podcast, first of all. Now, I know the season only finished just a couple of weeks ago, but considering you have had a bit of time to reflect over the past season, what's your assessment of your first campaign in Formula E? Uh, yes, it's been a it's been a busy after season, let's say uh, after after London. Unfortunately, it wasn't a weekend that you know I was hoping for. I was hoping for for a little bit of a better better result, but little mistakes on my side didn't didn't re- really help for that. Uh, but overall, you know, the season I'm I'm quite happy for for the season. I wasn't expecting at all that at the beginning. Uh, I didn't expect having two poles. Uh, twice, fourth. I mean, racing in the front so early in in my Formula E career, especially when you you see the level of drivers that that we've we've got in that uh, championship. So I kind of surprise myself a little bit sometimes. And uh, no, it was it was a great season. And now really looking forward to to the next one. Yeah. So how do you go about preparing for the next year? Like you said, there was there was some highs and some lows for you as well. And obviously next year we're all about will all be all about going onwards and upwards. So how do you go about preparing for next year? What's that process look like? Well, it's just a lot of analysing of what really happened uh, throughout the season because, you know, we had many races back-to-back nearly where you don't really have time to just settle down and, you know, sit down with your engineer or even by myself and really analyse, okay, what happened here, what happened there, and etc. which now it's the time to kind of do those kind of things. So, now it's just preparing all about next season, so analyzing what really happened in some of the races, what happened in London, for example, and etc. So uh, it's a lot of study in a way, uh, and it's all about you know trying to do the least mistakes next year. Even though you know it's I'm still learning a lot, like all the energy management uh, side of things and etc. So um, you know it's a lot of um, yeah, it's a lot of work just analyzing really what happened on the first year and and learn from those mistakes and bring on uh, the second one. Yeah, you mentioned you've learned a lot, obviously, in your first year in Formula E. So I wanted to come on to that. What have been some of the, the biggest lessons that you've taken away from this year now that you have had that time to sort of sit back and, and analyse what's happened? Uh, a lot on the energy management side of things. Of course, it's something that uh, it's still extremely new for me. It's, it's something still that I need to get better at. Uh, that's definitely my weakest point at the moment. Uh, so that saying i would say that that's the biggest uh, lesson that I've, I've had this season and also then of course racing in such a high professional level uh, i've learned a lot and you know it's a, it's kind of a bit of a different uh, racing style to what i was used to for example back in japan until last year uh here it's a lot of 
more fighting and etc. So all those kind of things I've learned uh, throughout this year, um, and also the car, you know, in terms of pure driving, it's all new for everybody. So there's been a lot of learning also with uh, how how to drive properly the car. Yeah. When you mentioned the energy management side of things, obviously Formula E is completely unique to any sort of form of motorsport out there. So can you just try and put into context for everyone that's listening about how difficult it is to drive a Formula E car and also how many things you have to manage throughout a race? Because it's not straightforward, is it? It's not straightforward at all. And, uh, you know, it's it's very, very difficult. Firstly, you know, uh, for people who doesn't really know Formula E, we race in city tracks around the walls. Uh, at over 200 miles per hour, uh, where the room for mistakes are very, very slim, uh, with a car that you know it's it's very tricky to drive. Um, and then the energy management side of things, basically, you start the race with just not enough energy, and you need to recover a lot of energy to reach the end. Uh, of course, the car helps you, tells you kind of where to lift, sometimes maybe even where to brake. It depends. Uh, so you kind of need to follow, but it's not the car is not perfectly done. You know, you need to freestyle sometimes. Things will change throughout the race. You have over 300 options to change on the that you can change on the steering. So, you know, every lap we're constantly changing things on the steering, talking with the engineer. Um, yeah, it's extremely, extremely busy in the car in the race. Um, it's not just driving around and that's it. You know, you have a lot of things to, to take on when you're going to go and overtake. You just need to be very clever and be 99% sure that you're going to make the move because if not, you're just wasting energy. Um, you know, it's a lot of strategy for the drivers um, to, to just how to manage that energy. Yeah. And it's uh, just trying to explain the the sort of sensation and the experience of being behind a Formula E car, because I know you've had a, a couple of experiences in the older generation cars. But for this year, it was the start of Formula E's Gen 3 era, where it's newer, faster, more efficient and things like that. So can you just try and explain what it's like? Obviously, you, you mentioned you're racing all around the world in these street circuits where the walls are where the, the track is so slim and there's not a lot of room for error. So what what is that sensation like of being behind the wheel of a, a Formula E car? I, it's, uh, it's, I, I love it. I love it. Firstly, it's a street circuits. Um, I've always really, really loved street circuits racing, you know, with such an adrenaline and, and such uh, finesse in a way that you, you cannot allow yourself to do any mistakes. Because as I said earlier, the, the margins of mistakes are very, very slim because kind of there is one racing lap and if you go off a little bit there might be dirt there might be a lot of sand it depends on the track like in India for example it was really one racing line so if you do a, a small mistake you go offline you kind of crash it's kind of a magnet the wall just brings you <laughs> and that's pretty pretty much it so um, no it's, it's very cool it's a lot of adrenaline a lot of pressure also of course you're racing such a high as I said high level championship with I would definitely say the best drivers in the world uh, with Formula 1 so um I, I'm enjoying a lot. Uh, it's it's still a lot of things that I need to learn, as as we might have seen during my season. Um, but you know, we're getting slowly there. Yeah, and when you talk about the different locations that you've raced in this season, obviously this season was the most expansive Formula E calendar that we've seen so far. What what were some of the highlights for you in terms of just the the locations and and the sort of event and the spectacle? Which which places did you enjoy going to the most? I mean, I would say, of course, Cape Town. I had the pole there, but not just because of the pole. The the racetrack was really, really cool. Uh, one of the nicest uh, racetracks of this season, I would say. Uh, the location, you know, by the sea was really, really nice. Um, then, of course, Monaco is the typical one. Uh, we've, but I've raced there in the past and also this year with Formula E. Uh, but 
it's so cool to be able to be racing, you know, all around the world. Next year we go to Tokyo, our first home, home race. Uh, so, you know, we're expanding. Formula E is expanding every year and, uh, you know, really looking forward to what's going to happen in, in 10 years' time on this championship. It will be crazy where we're going to go, I think. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that the, the growth of Formula E. I know this was your first full season in, in the series but and, and you've had a few sort of experiences beforehand, but how have you sort of from a first hand perspective noticed the growth of formula e have have you know have you seen it becoming a, a bigger sport and, and becoming more popular all around the world it, yes definitely uh definitely and especially when i started working as a reserve driver i could see you know how it was progressing and and the steps they do if you think of where it started with two cars in one race jumping from a car to another one because the battery weren't reaching the end of the race and now we are with one car a lot more power, a lot lighter, you know, as longer races and etc. So the progression is massive. Uh, you know, people might see different, a little bit differently. Of course, you know, we've lots of, lost some manufacturers and etc. But you know, the the championship is still growing. We still see high quality of drivers. I mean, as I said, I think, I think I strongly think that the level of of the drivers in in this championship is as high as as some of them in Formula One. So uh, it's it's a great championship, and I think it's going to keep on uh, evolving. Yeah, you mentioned some of the other drivers on the grid. Obviously, it was your first year with your your teammate Norman Nato. So, how has that partnership been? Obviously, he's uh, had a bit more experience in Formula E um, than you. So, was he was he guiding you through this season? What was that relationship like with Norman last year? I was really cool. Uh, I honestly enjoyed a lot working with him. It was a great season. We had a lot of fun uh, out and in, outside and inside the track. I mean, when we were on track, many times, you know, we we had to switch position. I know it was never been a problem. So you know, it's, it's been a great teammate, a uh, great relationship, and uh, and I yeah, I've learned a lot with him. You know, especially when I had the chance to start in the front row a few times this season, and he was keeping you know kind of helping me of just what to expect, to just be careful with this and that and etc. And and even apart from those kind of things, the energy management, which is my weakness, he's been you know very helpful to just be able to analyze myself with him which, you know, he's been doing a great job, especially at the end of the of the season with Rome and London. So, uh, no, he's been a, a great uh, a great teammate. Yeah, and on the subject of the the whole Nissan team, I know it's early days and you've got things like testing and, like you said, you've got to analyse everything from last year. But looking ahead to season 10, do you, do you have any sort of um, sort of targets in your head for next year, what you want to achieve? I, I know, like I said, I know it's early doors, but what... What looks like success for you next year, for you and for the team? I mean, I'll speak for myself at the at the moment. I mean, I don't know where we're going to be compared to the rest. Of course, the car is not; it doesn't change, but you know, many things will be improved for sure in our side and every team. So it's kind of difficult to compare right now, but it's it's a hard one. I think for me, achieving you know some podiums that would be an amazing target. Uh, if I can achieve it already, some podiums. I'd be extremely happy. The team definitely also. Um, and in terms of pure championship results, if I can finish, finish in the top six, um, that's already starting to be a you know a, a good uh, target. Uh, right now, this year was a bit difficult, of course, as the first season we were quite far back, uh, and a bit quite unlucky also. But I think top six, top five in the championship, standing at the at, at the end of the year, that would be quite a cool. Uh, achievement uh, but hopefully you know it's better than that we'll see 
That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV podcast.